Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. There's no way I did so much wrong in that game to not only get subbed that quickly, but to, you know, completely go to just not being on the roster. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Chump Chat. It's your boy, Johan Gomez, alongside my co-host, Senator Testman. And we have a very special guest here today, FC Dallas superstar, Eddie Manjoma. Welcome to the podcast, my boy. It's a pleasure. I don't know about Superstar yet, but it is a pleasure. Pleasure to be on this podcast for sure. Of course, of course. And before we get into it, guys, make sure that if you are enjoying the content, like, share, and subscribe. We just hit 1K, thanks to you guys. So the road to uh, the next thousand is coming up. So make sure y'all hitting that subscribe button and sharing with your buddies if y'all enjoy the content. But before we get into it, how are you doing, my boy? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Yeah, we out here in Vancouver right now, just relaxing. I got like I said, a solid hour before I got to go to lunch. So I'm happy to be here for sure. That's lovely. Coming off a big time goal, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I was obviously a little bit, it's like bittersweet because, you know, I got my first goal, but then we we crashed out of the Open Cup. But I mean, nevertheless, it felt good. It felt really good to get my first goal for the club. So I'm excited. Hopefully I can, you know, build on it and get another and another and another. But we'll see. We'll see. Definitely exciting, though. It was exciting. For sure. But we have this, uh, we have this thing here called the chum chat blessing and oh, yeah? uh, things tend to happen, you know, after the chum chat uh, interview and we can give you some few examples, but we don't got to dive too deep. But basically what we're saying is like, when you get that goal, that next goal, it's a chum chat blessing. Like you're a good player. Like you got a good potential, but it wouldn't be possible without the chum chat interview. Just want to let you know. So when it does you. happen, we take some credit there. Um, but no, I want to talk about, uh, this past week, have y'all been in LA? Like, did y'all go back to Dallas or no? No, we didn't. So we played we played Galaxy on uh I think it was it was Saturday. Um we flew in Friday night and then we played Saturday and then we stayed all through. So we came straight from LA to Vancouver. We didn't go back to Dallas. So we stayed all through Sunday, it was just like a day off. We just chilled. We went to Manhattan Beach, got some food, got some ice cream. Like it was it was chill, it was really chill. And then we flew into Vancouver yesterday afternoon. And then we play, what's today, Tuesday? We play tomorrow, and then we go back on Thursday. So it's been like, it's all in all, it's like a week-long trip, which is, I mean, it is long. Like, don't I don't I mean, obviously, I'm not complaining because, you know, you got the fat per diem. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't have minded. <laughs> wouldn't have minded, like, coming back to Dallas for a little bit. But I'm not complaining. It's chill. That's that's funny you say that the fat per diem. I haven't. They, we don't do per diem here, you know. what I'm saying so. That's funny that. Uh, well, you don't need like per diem that. over there. <laughs> oh, we don't need per diem, huh? You oh, okay. Well, there. we could talk about you, Eddie. Though we could talk about you, though. Yeah, yeah no. I was it, gonna it, ask it's you. Nice. I was gonna ask. You said uh, you you would like to go back to Dallas. Are you living on your own, or do you have someone to, to go back to now in Dallas? I'm living with my girlfriend now. Actually, we just started living together beginning of this year, so it's been well. We're in May now, five months. Um. Yeah, it's chill. Obviously, I still, you know, she's still at SMU and it's it's obviously a little bit different than, you know, just seeing her on the weekends and stuff. Like now she's there all the time and it's but it's chill. I like it. I like it a lot. So how long have you guys been together? Uh, it's about to be we just passed four and a half years. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's about that time, boys. It's, it's the real deal. It's the real deal for sure. It's about that time. We can say you definitely didn't rush into like moving in together. That's for sure. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Honestly, it was it wasn't really something that like we planned like 
we need to do this. It kind of just like spontaneously happened, which I think it's it's even better. It's like a surprise almost. Um, because you know, I was she was finishing her last two years at SMU and um I was kind of getting tired of living in Frisco, not because of the area, but I mean the rent over there is just expensive. So I was like, you know what, I kind of want to relocate. And then we got a spot in Addison, like right in between both of us. So it's perfect. Beautiful. So how far you be driving to training though? It's like 15 minutes. It's not that bad. Oh, and like it's 15 that. minutes for her to go to SMU as well. So it's, it's literally right in the middle. We want to take a quick break from the video to shout out our sponsor, BET Online. They continue to be the number one site for all your betting needs. Don't forget that the NBA playoffs are going on right now. Who do y'all have winning the NBA finals? I got my hometown Mavs and Luka going all the way. But uh, on a serious note, make sure to go to your mobile desktop. Check out BETonline.com. And use the code believe for 50% off your welcome bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V for 50% off. This is what we like to hear, man. This is good. Cause I remember um like when you were when we were both playing together and you would be like, Yeah, like I gotta go see her. Like I see her every once in a while. And I was like, yeah. that's tough. Like I feel for you there, but I'm glad you yeah. were able to work it out this year because that's huge, bro. For real. No, for sure, for sure. And obviously, yeah, you get to you get to know someone best when you're living with them, you know. So we're definitely like growing our connection even more than we did um which is crazy to think because like I said it's four and a half years now but yeah you can always you know strengthen that relationship so it's nice, hey, it's nice to see. let me tell you though the the chum chat blessing just doesn't happen on the field you know what I'm saying like the yeah the blessing goes throughout <laughs> life so hey but we got to talk about this form that SC Dallas is in for real though like this has been a a, a perfect start to the season you could say I mean y'all are second in the league overall yeah. last time I checked mm -hmm. um I mean, how's the vibe? How's everything compared to, to last year? Like, I want to know personally, because I was with Lucci, I was with y'all. But how's, right. how's it different from last year? Like, it's such a big switch from last year to this year. Like, what's changed? I mean, obviously, I can't, you know, I can't really say that the big part of the switch, like, the head coach has a big deal to do with it, that's for sure. Um, I love Lucci, obviously. Like, as you know, you know, had him in academy and stuff. And he helped me a lot with my development and everything. And I'll always be like grateful for what he did for me, but I do think, you know, this new head coaching change, I think it's not only the fact that I, I'm not going to sit here and say like Nico is so much of a better coach than Lucci is, but I do think just that new, like, okay, now there's a new face here. Everyone comes into preseason with like a new, you know, coach to impress. I think it just kind of, you know, skyrocketed everyone's motivation more than anything. And everybody here is good players. So you give, you give good players the platform to be creative and do what they're capable of doing, then you see results like what we're seeing right now. Um, and then I think also the new additions to the club has, have helped, you know, obviously with Paul, brother Paul is, is here now. Um, Alan uh, Velasco, like they've been really good additions to, to help the team like progress and keep, you know, just keep the form that we're having. So obviously I'm really happy with that. And like I said, I think the head coaching change has definitely given us a new motivation. Um, and also it had to do with, you know, the pressure of just being a head coach, but I think Nico, and which is impressive to me, cause this is his first time being a head coach at a club. He's just very calm, really laid back. And I think that gives us like the freedom to kind of, you know, express ourselves a little bit more. Um, we're not super like, you know, the coach, like he kind of just gives us the blueprint of like, okay, you know, this, is how the opponent plays and this is how we need to press, whatever, but once you're on the field, we just express ourselves. And like I said, when you have when you have good players and you allow them to be creative, then 
you know, you got people like Jesus with nine goals already. And it's just like, everybody's just, you know, everyone's buzzing. And whenever you're riding a wave like that, then it's really hard for, you know, any team to knock us off our confidence. So I think that's another big reason why we're, we're doing as well as we're doing right now. And obviously, yeah, I hope we just continue it. Yeah, that's class. I mean, and I don't know if we can keep this in. I have obviously have a lot of love for Lucci, but I don't know if Tan remembers this. I think one of the, I'm not going to name him, but one of the FC Dallas coaches was talking to us one day when we were 17s. And he was like, yeah, here at the here within the coaching staff, we call Lucci like a video game coach or something like that. Mm -hmm. He was like, he tries to control the players like with like, you know, like you're playing a video game. Right. And so I think, right. like you said, uh, it can help a little bit more that a, a coach is a little bit laid back. He lets you make your own decisions. He'll maybe tell you how, how he wants you to play in training. And then during mm -hmm. the game, he kind of just, you know, trusts you to do your own thing. And I think, you know, as a result, I've shown you are popping off right now. So it's crazy. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> And how would you say has translated like into your confidence individually? Obviously, you're coming off, you know, last year, and we'll get a little bit more into that. But being between mm -hmm. Dallas and North Texas, your first pro year, um, and uh, and now you're obviously coming off like a banger of a goal. Obviously, like you said it's a little bit bittersweet, but your confidence is up there. How do you think it's affected? You know, the coaching change and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think personally, my relationship with Nico is is good. Um, like I said, the same feeling. I feel like he's you know, displaying to the whole team of kind of letting us do our thing. Um, I've had multiple conversations one-on-one -on -one with him and he's kind of preached the same, the same concept. Um, he knows what I'm capable of and coming in, obviously, you know, when it's a new head coach, you got to like to know the players you need to see their film and all this stuff. And he, uh, he was really, you know, open with his communication on how he sees me as a player. And, you know, I think he's, he's definitely helping me as well, just continue to grow. Um, you know, he kind of has just said, I'm confident in what you're capable of. Um, and he trusts what I'm, you know, what I can do on the field. And I think that's, again, not to put any shade on Lucci or anything, but that was a big difference because I feel like with Lucci, it can be, it can almost kind of mess with your confidence in a way that you almost kind of question like, oh, like, do I really, you know, am I really not like able to do these things that he keeps mentioning over and over? Um, with Nico, it's kind of like, you know, you've been at this level for this is now my third year. And he knows that, you know, once I get on the field, like I have the experience, I have the, you know, game awareness and all that stuff that I need to do. And I know more or less how we play. So I definitely feel confidence. And obviously, like I said, scoring a goal definitely helps, you know, with personal confidence, um, aside from the coaching staff and everything. But I'm definitely feeling like, you know, I feel I feel more free on the field. And I think it's really important for really any player. I love you said that more free on the field. That's big. I mean, I mean, that's what you see top players in the world. They're just free, man. They just mm -hmm. they don't worry about mistakes. They play they play soccer, man. They play football and the rest, you know, takes care of itself if you have the quality, which I think I think you do. So that's very important <laughs> that he's allowing you all to play like that. And I think it's showing. But besides the Nico, like what about the rest of the staff? Obviously, like assistant coaches some have stayed so there's some new ones the strength right. coach like how's everything else uh like the system is it how's it going with that uh I mean I would say it's it's definitely a little bit different um yeah you know we lost we lost Vander who was last year was like the actual head um so a new head came in and he's I mean I would say it's not like it's not anything crazy but he as well is not like super you know I felt like a lot of the staff last year, just they were always stressed, it seemed like. And it obviously could have been having to do with, you know, the fact that we weren't doing as well and stuff. But 
yeah, he's, they're all very calm, very, you know, they're obviously welcoming and, and really, you know, just wanting us to feel as good as we can. You know, they don't want to be on top of us too much with when it comes to recovery, when it comes to gym work, all that stuff. They kind of just let us do our own thing, kind of give us a blueprint. And then, you know, we're on our own from there. Um, as far as the assistant coaches, obviously, you know, Peter's still there, Drew's still there, but the two new ones who have come in have definitely been, again, they're all kind of on the same wavelength. And it's kind of weird. I feel like when I think about like the staff, the Peter and Drew, for example, who were there from last year, Drew especially is much more laid back than I've ever seen in my life, especially really? when it comes to like, like set pieces and all that stuff. He's, I think he's just way more calm. Um, I can still see like the, you know, the fire in his, in his uh, like demeanor, you know, cause he's obviously passionate about those set pieces, but I can definitely see like, a little bit of a change in that um the way he delivers his message to us and stuff and i think that's just something that i would assume you know nico communicated with all the staff like this is how i want to come across the players so i think all in all like it's it's definitely a good thing that you know the whole staff together is they're on the same page um because again that's that's what's most important to help us to perform and deliver the message well to us that you know we're capable of doing what we can do oh, that's interesting about drew man yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's if you crazy. saw him right now, you'd be shocked. Like, he's still the same person, like, you know, aside from, like, training and everything. But when he delivers those set pieces now, it's just, like, it's it's way more calm. You don't feel as afraid to do your role in set pieces. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He'd be nah, saying some good. people are, like, unguardable. He'd be like, hey. <laughs> I can't remember. Somebody from Minnesota. Somebody would it be. I don't remember his name. But, yeah. Yeah, no, he's it's <clears throat> it's definitely a lot better than last year for sure. I want to talk about goals real quick with you, and mm -hmm. obviously, now you're, like you said, you're in your third year, you know, of being a full-on pro. Uh, mm -hmm. What would you say? You know, what kind of goals have you set for yourself this year? And uh, you know, just just give us looking at that. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, I can't you know I can't be naive and say that I haven't set a goal for myself to be like you know the full-time starter here. Um, I've got my minutes here and there so far this season, but, um, I have to obviously credit the, the people who are starting ahead of me right now. They've, they've done very well. Um, and they've, you know, obviously helped us to be at the, the position of the table that we're at right now. But, you know, I think part of it is also just controlling my mentality. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I can't control that at this current moment, you know, Nico doesn't see me as a starter. Um, but I can obviously control, you know, my attitude in training. I can control, you know, how I train, how, how much effort I put, how much work I put in before and after. Um, and just my demeanor, whenever decisions that happen as far as like our, you know, first 11 don't go the way I want, you know, how do I react? How do I show myself to my teammates and all that stuff? Um, definitely controlling my mentality has been definitely one of the biggest goals I set that are really much above everything, above getting goals above getting assists above, you know, winning the starting job. I think that's the most important thing um, because, you know, obviously as you know, 2020 was a whirlwind of a year, not just on the field, but, you know, all over the world. And for that to be my first year, it's like, you know, I definitely had a, a mental test for sure. And then last year with the experiences we had and, you know, obviously us not doing as well, it's just, again, it's more of a test of how you really control what you can control. So I think above, you know, above all the, like I said, getting some more goals, getting some 
assists, getting just more stats, and obviously, you know, winning my starting job. I think the biggest goal I set for myself at the beginning of the year was just control how I approach things mentally and controlling my emotions because at the end of the day, that's what's that's what's going to help you perform on the field. So I think that's the biggest one I set for myself for this year. I love that answer. It's it's a unique one, and and I just want to ask you a follow up because we have a lot of yeah. athletes, a lot of young athletes watching this, right? And maybe aspiring pros. So how do you you know, control that mentality, control that confidence, you know, it's, it's something that goes up and down. So how do you maintain that at a certain level, even when things aren't going your way? Sure. No, I think like you just said, it goes, it goes up and down. Um, I wouldn't say there's a, a perfect way to, to control that part of yourself. Um, it's, I mean, obviously, like, like you said, there's times that things don't go the way you want. Um, and you can choose to, you know, kind of like mope around and, and just you know be upset about it complain or whatnot or you can choose you know what like more motivation to bounce back and change the next outcome um so that's more of what i've tried to do um try to look for the positive in every situation even if it's not one that goes your way and then obviously the ones that do go your way you you know you want to build on them and create more of them um the next time you get the chance so i think like i said there's not really like a perfect way to do it um it's definitely a practice i'm a work in progress for sure i haven't perfected it at all um, and I think, you know, especially in a career of what we do now, there is never going to be a perfect way to, to deal with that. And I don't think anyone's going to master it. Um, and, you know, anyone who says that, you know, I've, I've mastered, you know, the way of controlling my mentality, I, I think they're lying to you. So I just think it's, it's definitely just a, it's a, it's a practice, just like you practice on the field and perfect, you know, the things you need to do on the field and, um, different parts of your game. Um, it's the same thing mentally. You got to just keep training it, keep, keep, you know, believing and just maintaining the positive attitude as much as you can. I like that. I think it's tough too. Like when you, uh, when you have hopes, you know, when you have thoughts that like, uh, you know, you score a goal and next game, you're in good form. Like you could probably get the start or get minutes. And, and if it doesn't come, then you get your hopes up. And I think, right. uh, making sure that nothing affects the effort you give and the mentality you bring for the team, like. There's one uh, quote that Kobe Bryant said that uh, he said, it. I don't care what my role is in the team. If I if I got to start and play the full game or if I got to come on one quarter or if I got to just wave a towel and hand out water, the most mm -hmm. important thing is I, I want to win games. And I think that's what sure. playing with you, I think that's what you do a really good job at. And I think a lot of guys there do a really good job at is just embracing their role. And we I think FC Dallas, especially this year, has built such a good uh community within the team and you all seem to get along with each, with each other so you know sure. it's, it's more it's more about winning games than it is about personal success which will bring personal success if you win games so I think that's a big exactly. part of it as well exactly no for sure and like I said you know it's it's uh it's not you know there's no perfect way to deal with it but definitely knowing that at the end of the day this is a team sport right this isn't like it's not like tennis when you're on your own or boxing when it's just you against another person you know you have you have teammates here and no matter how much personal success and goals you can set for yourself, you know, like you just said, they're not going to happen if the team isn't doing well. And right now, like I said, obviously I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm satisfied with my situation. I want to be, you know, getting, getting more starts, getting more minutes, but I can't be complaining if the team's doing well, you know, I'm always going to be happy with that. And that's, that's what's most important. So. Yeah. I love that. And I respect that because, you know, I just want to make it clear for the people who don't know, I've known Eddie for about, since I was maybe like 12 years old, we're in the mm -hmm. academy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was, I was always look, looking up to you. You were part of Weston's class. Right. Um, it was you, Weston, Reggie, 
Sendejas, I think, maybe. Yep. I think he was maybe yep. one year older, but those are all the national team guys, and that team was so stacked. But I remember no matter what, I mean, you were always going national team. You were always, like, super humble. You always interact with us on trips and stuff like that. So I think it's sick that, obviously, you go from being the star there, you know, you're the star at SMU, and maybe right now you're not at that same status with FC Dallas, but, I mean, right. surely you're going to get there. But it For just sure. goes to show sure. that that uh that your mentality is, like, A1, that you can continue to fight through it and, and come out come out on top. But uh, talking about the class, that 98 class, I don't know if you remember, we went to Guadalajara, uh, like, 2016. Now, Copa and, Chivas, uh, yeah. Yeah, Copa Chivas. I don't know if you have any stories from that or if you remember that. So Tanner wasn't there yet, but we were U14s, y'all were U18s. I think it was you, like I said, Weston, Ben Hale, mm-hmm. Tosh, Sendejas, um, all these cracks honestly yeah. like it was no, such we were sex we were sex i'm not gonna lie and, with that. Um, but yeah i don't know if you have any stories from that trip or from those guys from that class um i'm trying to think i mean i definitely i think recently i was actually telling somebody here a story that happened it had nothing to do with on the field this was like this was like we were in the hotel we had just got eliminated i think and um we like almost gotten some like serious trouble we were playing like you know that game ninja that you play with like a group of people like you stand in a circle so we were doing that in our room obviously making a bunch of noise and melina gave us a like curfew like you need to be in bed by this time because i think either the next day we were like leaving to go back home or something i don't know um but he's like you need to be in bed at this time or whatever and we're just chilling out like the hotel has like a hallway that's outside so like you can go outside and see like if people are coming and leaving and stuff and we saw the whole coaching staff like leaving, like Molina, like uh, I think Victor was there at the time. Maybe Jesse was there too. They all left. So we're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, the coaches aren't here. Like, you know, it's just like chill and like pull an all nighter or something. And we're playing Ninja in our rooms and we're making like a whole bunch of noise. And like there's some of us playing in the room and then some of us are just out chilling on the outdoor hallway and stuff. And all of a sudden, it's like maybe, I don't know, 11 p.m. or so, like way past the time Melina told us to go to bed. And all of a sudden, we see these, you know, car lights pulling into the parking lot, like right in front of our, our rooms. And it's it's him. It's Melina. It's it's Victor. It's all of the staff. And we're like, oh, shit, like we're all going back in our rooms. But I mean, we're like we're, we're very stupid because it's not like he can't see us going back in our rooms. Like the, the hallways outside, like the parking lot's right there. You can see everything. and um, yeah like we go back in our rooms and we're just like we turn all the lights off trying to hide act like we're asleep obviously we're not but um he comes in the hallways and he's like banging all the doors and he's like i know you guys are all asleep or i know you guys are all awake like um i don't know why you're trying to trying to hide like there's no way i didn't see you guys and all this stuff um and we went i'm pretty sure we went back home the next day and he didn't give us like he didn't give us the the day off like we trained the next day and it was just it was hell to say the least it was hell um but yeah that was definitely one of I mean that was one of the more the more it was definitely again one of those things where it's like you uh you're obviously scared you know in the moment it's like your staff's about to get you in trouble and stuff but you remember that shit like now we laugh about it and it's amazing and um I think that's another thing that helps you know the bond on 98s we just we're so close and even if we got in trouble we did it together so it was good it was good good times <laughs> I, bro i have an exact same story on that trip almost exactly the same so it was the last day uh-huh. it was like nine of us so brian thomas me harper like all those guys were in one room and i remember we were trying to decide a scary movie to watch but we we're like 14 <laughs> we we're all in this one room we were like 10 of us yeah and chris hayden comes and it's like way past the bedtime 
and he hears us obviously it's like 10 11 of us in this one room and uh-huh. he's banging on the door and i remember like nathan hayes was like laying in between like the two beds and then like a bunch of them were hiding in the bathroom and stuff like this like it was crazy <laughs> and so then i think dante shout out dante he's another guest on on, on our show he, uh-huh. he was like 12 at the time he snitched on all of us Oh my goodness. And so, and so literally the next day at breakfast, we walk in and then he gets like all of us together and he was like, all right, when we get home, you're going to have a week to all write an essay on professionalism. I'll never forget that. Oh my and we goodness. all had to write an essay on professionalism and submit it to Chris <laughs> Hayden, bro. So shouts out to him. And that, hey. that was another funny story from that trip. Hey, that's class yeah. from Chris Hayden though. That's class. That is, yeah, that is. That's class. <laughs> hey, that's crazy yeah. though. We have... There's so many stories with it, with the group and it's crazy how like we how we all blossom together you know what I mean like there's so many guys mm-hmm. in the first team that are through the academy and it's crazy how like we all stay in touch and the stories are, like they're never ending bro through every class but uh is there anybody like in your class or the, that you played with that you're friends with that like really switched up like I know we always joke about it at Dallas like you know, like, oh, oh packs change like or he's like, cocky. yeah, he's yeah. cocky. And, and we mess around, obviously. But is there anybody For like sure. legit? Because like players come back, right? Like Dante right. came back, Thomas came back, different players. Like even like if Brandon went on loan, he comes back or players, mm-hmm. whatever. Weston comes back and Brian Reynolds comes back. I'm going to come back. Like, is there anybody that like, yeah, he switched up crazy, like that you peeped or no? Honestly, no, there isn't. I mean, like you said, we joke about it. You know, once – it's like the way I think it's like a normal I don't even think it's just our class I think it's everybody through all the academies like the way of us joking around and saying like oh you changed it's almost like a way of hyping you up because they hit another level of success and and all this stuff so honestly I don't think anybody actually changed um I think it is just that you know we just we just like to mess around and tease each other for for just blossoming and and doing better in in the things that we all you know want to accomplish so yeah yeah honestly no one no one's really changed much How's it? Uh, that is good. How how is it having a uh, Tommy back? I just want to know personally. Oh yeah, T- Tommy. Tommy to say you know what? I think Thomas before he left, I think uh, he definitely had some like he he was obviously dealing with a lot. You know, I can't like I can't fault him for that. There was stuff he was dealing with that were completely out of his control, and um, he obviously wasn't happy about it all, but. I think since he's been back, I can definitely see like a major shift in like how like his attitude, his mentality and everything. Um, you know, I, I don't want to like throw shade on Tommy, but he used to he used to complain a lot. You know, he used to complain a lot last year. Um, he just and like I said, he had experiences that were just very difficult and it'd be difficult for a lot of people not to complain about them. But the way I see him now, like I think he's definitely grown in that aspect. He's very very positive very positive with the group um he's still like he just got back he's still working his way trying to get into the lineup and and get minutes but he's he's embracing the challenge and i really like that about him um i think he's definitely matured in that in that aspect and i'm happy to see it in him for sure yeah that's good to hear that's good to hear i like to hear that as well i'm excited bro yeah, i'm excited to come back and link up with all y'all honestly not for sure bro hopefully through. hopefully the chump chat blessing will come in for tommy soon i think it will i think but, it will um, too yeah. I think it will too, for sure. But uh, I just want to ask you, Eddie, obviously took a little bit of a different route than maybe some of your class because you were mm-hmm. on the same level as them, national team, through like all the years and all this stuff. You went to SMU, which is a great program. You stuck mm-hmm. it out there. How did college, you think, help get you ready for the pros now? Um, it definitely helped me in multiple ways. Um, I think for sure it 
you know, the physical aspect of it. Obviously, in college, you have like a you have like the season in the fall of like three or four months or something. But then the spring is just, you know, straight running, lifting and, you know, they're treating us like football players and stuff, which is obviously it's not like this is not how soccer is, is played, but it does help you like, you know, grow that aspect as well. You know, you're lifting a lot, you're, you're pushing yourself to limits that you normally wouldn't push yourself. Like we never did anything like this in Academy, you know, our lifting with like Felipe was very, very minimal, <laughs> very minimal to say the least. So um, yeah, it definitely helped in that aspect. You know, I, I definitely put on some weight and, and grew some muscle, which was something that I think in Academy, I, didn't have much of at all. I was, I was a lot more skinnier than I am now. And I definitely had, you know, the talent on the field and all that stuff, but every now and then I'd get pushed around and I knew that was something I needed to grow. Um, and it was honestly something I just didn't really pay that much attention to. Cause like I said, when it came to the, the lifting with Felipe, it wasn't like, you know, we're lifting to like get you so much bigger. It's just, you know, to maintain, um, you know, what we have throughout the week and stuff. So it definitely helped in that aspect, but again, you know, I go back to mentality and stuff in the spring, they're pushing us to, to limits that, you know, like I'm, you're running and you're seeing teammates to your left and right throwing up and everyone's like grinding together, you know, and it's just like a, how far can you push yourself mentally? Because physically you can do everything that they're doing, but it's like, what are you telling yourself in your mind whenever you're, you're going through this and it's hard and, you know, it's super hot and you're outside and, you know, you're on the turf and the turf is like burning your feet and all that stuff. It's like, how are you, you know, dealing with that mentally? How are you actually pushing yourself? So I think that might be the biggest aspect um, that I took from college because I come back here sometimes and I look at some of the mentality of people and like certain things, for example, like in preseason, we're doing running and stuff. And, you know, a lot of the, the South American guys, Hispanic guys are, you know, asking the coaches after every rep, like, oh, how many are we doing? Or is this the last one and stuff? It's like, I, I didn't grow up in an environment where you ask the coach, like, how many are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, you just, you just do it. And once you're done, then you're done, but you don't ask, you know, I used to grow up in, it's like, if you ask how much you're doing, they add another one and another one and stuff like that. So uh, I think for sure that, that uh, aspect helped me. And I think in general, one of the things that I always say is somewhat similar between the college game and the MLS Obviously, the level as far as, you know, the speed of play, there's there's a huge difference. But the physicality of the game is very similar. And I think, you know, getting used to, you know, my freshman year still coming in quite, quite skinny um, and having to get pushed around by these guys, you know, pretty much Tanner size. And like, it's not even like it's just the center backs either. It's like the outside backs, you know, the people that I got to go one on one against. And it's like you got to like learn how to deal with that. Um so definitely putting on weight, but also just knowing like you're capable and stuff like that. So yeah, Tana, I know you like that one. You're such a clown, bro. We don't got to talk about <laughs> your pull-ups, bro. What do you mean my pull-ups? Hey, we used to do these, uh, shout out Artie. I know he's still there getting y'all strong and swole, but, uh, Oh yeah, for sure. For the fans listening, we used to do these, well, we, he would try to make us do these like weekly challenges. So like, we'd have like who could do the most pull-ups and then, uh, like consecutive and or like who could do the most uh i don't know like push-ups in a minute or something like it was yeah, all like, like in a minute time frame. Like that. but we only we only ended up doing like two weeks or something because he we yeah. were busy like it, it just didn't work out it was a good idea though to like get us all mentally challenged for this this one thing that we we're all going to compete with each other but i remember the pull-ups man eddie just like didn't stop 
like he was just floating like there was like a cable attached to him and he was just going up and down like it was a yo-yo <laughs> and i was like what is going on bro like this ain't right like i don't know what he i don't know if he's got helium on him or something i don't know but he was just going up and down it was crazy and the smu weight program definitely different then yeah i mean it, it definitely helped to say the least that's for sure it helped but i mean it doesn't i mean Tanner will be doing bench and like everyone else is doing like 35 pound plates and he's got 245s on. Okay. And it's just like, true. that's his warm up. And I'm like, this is not true. This is true. No, you can, hey, you can this is not true. For everybody I, listening. I've worked out with Tanner. I worked, worked out with Tanner. It's true. It's this true. is true. No, guys, 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 everybody out there listening. This is not true. It was two forty fives and a 25. All right. So it wasn't just two forty five. Well, damn. No, nah, I'm playing. Damn. It wasn't two forty fives. It's a 45 <laughs> and a, and a 35. That's like my max, but I got better now. So, Maybe it is two forty fives, but uh, but not. I think uh, I think definitely you're right on that college aspect. That's one thing that definitely improves uh some players, especially players like you that are technical and and have the right ideas in soccer. I think mm-hmm. being more physical. I think something the FC Dallas Academy through the process is something that's not focused on as much because we're young kids, and I think the other things are more important, right? Like you got to learn technique sure. before you can get strong. So I think it's a the right way to do it, but uh. We want to talk about your first and second year being pro because obviously your first year with North Texas, a solid year. Obviously, I think you knew when you signed that that was a possibility that you would get loaned to, to play with North Texas. And those games were right. important for you and the club, but you were still training with the first team, still getting that experiences. So it was still overall a good year. Obviously, with COVID, it was tough as well. But that's a different yeah. story. But what I really want to dive into is your second year, like last year when we played together. Mm-hmm. And you were a starter. You were a starter right. week in, week out for a lot of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was the Colorado game. Yeah. And after that Colorado game, you weren't on the roster. Right. And then after that, you went down with North Texas, right? Right. For a little bit. Yeah, I did. I did. Tell me, like, what was going through your head? Because obviously in that moment, I, I'm feeling for you. And the, the players mm-hmm. around us are like, you know, we, we, it's not our business, so we don't say stuff. But we obviously, we feel for you. And we're like, what's going on? Like, this is crazy. Like, how does right. that even happen? Like, the guy was playing well starting and then not even in the roster. Like, it's, that's like, that's the crazy thing. So, but tell us your perspective from it and how you felt in that, in that situation. Yeah, no, it was, like you said, it was, it was a tough, tough moment. Um, definitely for this career that I'm doing, which I love so much, I would easily say it was one of the toughest, you know, periods in my life. Um, I just, to this day, I still don't really know, you know, why it went down like that but um like I said you just gotta you know move on and kind of you know take whatever positives you can out of it but yeah obviously I you know my first year not only did I know that I would have to be playing like in the 2020 season um not only did I know that I'd have to be playing with North Texas uh because you know that's just part of the the process that they've been doing as soon as North Texas was introduced but I also knew that my chances to get into the first team were we're not going to happen much just because I've seen so many other people before me, you know, the first year they don't play. And I made a couple of rosters here and there. And obviously I would think that there's a chance that I could, you know, maybe go in, even if it's like five minutes or something just to get the, get the experience. But, um, you know, 2020, I never got that chance. And that fueled me in, you know, the preseason for last year, 2021 um, to just come in and do everything I can. And, uh, you know, thankfully we had, in that moment, I also knew we had had, you know, Reggie had left that summer and uh, Brian Reynolds left at the end of that season. So 
I knew there was an opening for me. And the crazy thing is the the staff also spoke with me, you know, leading into that preseason. And they didn't directly say, like, we have plans for you. But it was like, you know, this preseason is going to be a lot different for you than last season as far as how we're looking at opportunities for you and stuff. So all of that coming into the season was fuel for me to to really win that spot. Um, and obviously, you know, as I started the first what was it? I didn't start the first like two, I think. And then once I won the start, once I won the spot, it was, I think six in a row, something like that. But I obviously did what I needed to do to win the spot. And then I think it also didn't help that that specific game in Colorado, I think we got smacked like three zero or something. And it was one of those things where I don't really think that I did, you know, so much wrong in that game to, you know, get not only I mean I got subbed out at halftime but like there's no way I did so much wrong in that game to not only get subbed that quickly but to you know completely go to just not being on the roster after all the work I put in in preseason to win the spot um and not only win the spot but just you know be a regularly rostered player because you know previous 2020 season I just wasn't even being rostered so for it to go the way it did obviously it was it was uh you know a really emotionally challenging moment for me. And it was difficult to have to still come into training every day and facing, you know, the staff that basically did that to me, you know what I mean? Um, And then, you know, having to go back to North Texas, to be honest, I wasn't too, I wasn't super upset about that because the main thing that I was really upset was the fact that I'm not playing games and, you know, I was losing game fitness, losing game rhythm. So in a way I was okay with that, but just the whole, like I said, you know, completely going back to not being rostered. It was just kind of like, it felt like 2020 all over again, but it was worse because 2020, I accepted that this would happen. Cause like I said, it's, it's my first year and so many other of, you know, my former teammates in my academy class, I ended up signing homegrown. Like they went through the same thing. So 2020, I wasn't upset about it, but having to go back to that the following year, that's what was tough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely annoying. Um, eventually I worked my way and got some, some more opportunities here and there and got more minutes again, but it was definitely not the way the season started and the way it ended. I wouldn't say that that's how I pictured it to go at all. Um, so it was difficult. It was difficult. Um, but you know, like I said, you have to just do whatever you can to find some type of, you know, positive from the, from the moment. And I think, one positive that I got out of the whole thing was the fact that not only I can't, you know, obviously I have to look back. I wasn't satisfied with my last year, but I have to look back and, you know, I did get MLS minutes. I did get the, the experience of playing in the league, which I was longing for so much in 2020. Um, I did gain, you know, even as it wasn't as many games I wanted to play, but I did gain exposure for myself and I did get the minutes that I've been longing for for such a long time. So I have to obviously be, be somewhat, you know, happy with that. It could have been a lot worse. Um, but again, that's just, it's just having to find a way to just see as much, you know, positive as you can and help it to, or have it, you know, fully fuel you for, you know, this season that we're in right now. So yeah. it definitely helped me grow mentally for sure. And it was a mental battle the whole year. Um, you know, obviously the people that were in my corner, my family, my, my girlfriend, all the people who were, you know, closest to me, they saw the toll it took on me emotionally and mentally. Um, but I love this game too much. And I love, you know, playing the sport too much. And I didn't go through academy and go to college and 
sign, you know, homegrown in 2020 to just, you know, quit. You know, I'm obviously going to keep going and keep fighting and it's my career and that's what I love to do. So, yeah, it was tough, but like I said, there's always opportunities to bounce back. So that's one thing I want to ask you about, like personally, because I, I wanted to ask you when I was there, but how did you deal with and how did the conversation go about uh, when they like after you had not made the roster for you to go play with North Texas? Like, yeah. did they come to you and say, like, oh, we want you to play in these minutes? Or were you like, I need minutes. I, I want to play knowing that it could help you get into the first team again. Or was that what they said? But then how did you also like feel about that? Because obviously I know there's players that are in the first team now that if they said that they, they didn't make a roster, like, for example, Vargas last year, if they told him to yeah. go play with North Texas, like, I don't know how you feel about it. And there's other players sure. as well that I don't know if they would do it. So mm -hmm. how did that conversation go? And how did you mm -hmm. feel about that? Um, yeah, so that conversation. So the first game uh, after that Colorado game that we played, I think we had like we had like three weeks or something with no game or something like that. Um, so I didn't know anything of it until like the what was it? Two days before the next game that we played. So the whole three weeks, I'm still thinking like, OK, I didn't have the game that I won in Colorado, but I should still at the least like, you know, be rostered like it. I shouldn't have an issue like not being rostered. That was the last thing that came into my mind. Um, and then I think either the day before or two days before, I remember vividly because we were we were in the middle of playing pig in the um, in the cafeteria and Lucy calls me into his office and he tells me that I'm not rostered for that next game. I think it was Minnesota or something. Um, and obviously I was like shocked, you know let alone it ended up being for the next however long it was two or three months but even to not be rostered from that game was shocking to me because like I said I'd put in so much work like there's no way this can be happening again um so that was all he said for that he was like oh we you know we think you're not going to be on are we not we're not planning to have you on the roster for this game um but he didn't say in a way that like this is going to last for the next however long it ended up being so to be honest, it got to a point, I think it was like maybe, I would say two or three games later, um, the only communication I got of not being rostered was that first one. The rest, the rest after that, I wasn't told anything. So I just continued to not be rostered. And it's just kind of, again, it's that mental battle of like, did I really do that bad in the five games or six games that I played to just like not, you know, even get a chance anymore? Um and then after like, I think two or three weeks, I was called in again. So this was not even something that I even like went to talk to them about. Um, I was called in again. And then they're like, oh, you know, we think it's been two or three weeks. that you haven't played in a game. Um, we want you to get some more game rhythm and, and uh, you know, work your way back into the roster and stuff. So me, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do this because if this is going to help me get back into the spot, which I deserve to be, then I'm, I'll do it. Um, I think I played like two or three games with North Texas in a row and still nothing had really changed in the roster and I didn't think like fitness wise like I felt okay like I wasn't at a point where it's like I really needed the minutes because I'd been not playing for two or three months or something um so I was really starting to get kind of you know anxious and um I also felt in a way that like you know I went to the coaches and asked like you know what else do I need to be doing this and that after the games I was playing in North Texas so I asked to do video of the games that I played with North Texas to you know, have them see what I need to improve on, what I'm doing well, all this stuff. Um, 
but it got to a point where I just felt like everything I was doing, like nothing was helping, you know, I'd stay after and, and work on things. Um, it just, it just felt like everything I was doing just wasn't working. Um, so yeah, obviously emotionally it was tough. It was tough having to just, you know, talk to the people in my corner and tell them like, yeah, you know, he still hasn't put me on the roster. He still hasn't, you know, really given me much looks anymore. Um, it got to a point, to be honest, I just kind of, I just, I didn't really like, obviously I didn't like give up or anything, but it got to a point like in training, I wasn't really like, I wasn't enjoying myself. You know, it obviously was just like, I'm doing everything that I can. And I'm obviously, this is a game I love so much, but with the minimal communication I'm getting and I'm doing everything that they're telling me to do. And like, there's no progress. There's no like, you know, okay, there's steps leading into, you know, back where you wanted to be. Um, I wasn't enjoying myself that much anymore. And it was tough. And having to come into training every day, like I said, facing the same people who basically, you know, took that opportunity away from me, it was very tough. And I definitely felt at times that I was just kind of going through the motions. And, you know, even whenever I would stay after and do gym, like it's like I didn't really want to do it, but I knew that I needed to because I knew it's going to like help me at some point. Like I knew maybe something good is going to come out of it. But at that moment, it didn't feel like it, you know, it just felt like never ending. Um, so it was definitely tough. It was tough for sure. But like I said, it's just, it's one of those things where those are experiences that you go through that obviously help you be stronger in the future. So, but yeah, it was definitely a very tough moment. I agree. Yeah, bro, I, I agree. 1, I gave, I gave, I gave you credit, bro, for doing that. And I respect you a lot for doing it. Cause I don't know how I would, how I would feel about it. You know, it would be tough for sure. So a lot of props to you yeah. bro, for sticking with it. And I've always said this as well. But yeah, I mean, bro, no, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, um, I've, I've told Tam before. So last year was the same thing with me. I had a coaching change and then I felt like I was training really well, doing everything I could, like you said, and I just wasn't considered, you know, mm-hmm. so it just feels like ex- I felt exactly the same. Like, it's like, what am I even doing it for? Like, I'm doing the best. Like, I'm the best one in training. And, like, what? Like, it's, I'm still not getting considered for anything. It's, it, it almost feels like you're not enjoying it, like you said, anymore. It's like, you're just there. Like, why am I here, you know? Right. So I respect right. you, bro. And I think that, like you said, that moment will propel you forward. As we can see now, it's propelling you forward. And I think you're going to have a huge next couple of years coming up. And, and I think that mentality, like you said, is huge. But just so that we can start wrapping this up. I mean, I want to transition to success. You know, this whole mm-hmm. thing here is how we define success. <clears throat> Maybe some people will have said, you know, being called into youth national team successful, going D1 is successful or, or signing pro is successful. You've done all those things. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, you know, what's your definition of success and do you think you've achieved it yet? Well, that's a, it's a tough question. Um, I definitely wouldn't say I think as long as I personally feel like I'm not satisfied with, you know, what I'm capable of doing, like, you know, like I said, my current situation right now, like I'm not a starter yet. So um, I'm obviously not satisfied at that. So I think as long as there's something that you're not like a milestone that you really want to reach, that you're not super satisfied that you haven't got to it yet. um, I wouldn't say I've reached success, but then at the same time, you can like counter that and be like, well, you know, there's always going to be something you can hit. There's always some new milestone you can hit to, you know, propel yourself to achieve something greater and greater and stuff like that. So it's like, do you ever really achieve success? Um, But to be honest, I think, I don't know. I think it's tough because as long as you're still active, I think it's, 
hard to say that like you've achieved success um there's obviously like you just you mentioned you know being called into national team when I was in academy you know playing division one um signing my first pro contract like these are all different milestones um but I wouldn't say that at least me personally I wouldn't say that I've I've achieved success yet I think it's gonna maybe until you know I'm later on in my career and I've kind of already passed my peak that's when I can maybe say that but as right now you know I'm still 23 I'm young and there's still so much time ahead of me um I wouldn't say I've achieved success yet but I've definitely achieved these these milestones that are propelling me to continue to you know keep progressing as much as I can it's a good answer and I was telling Tan I think uh for such a complicated question it's tough for our, yeah. our guests if they don't know that it's coming beforehand to think of something right. on the spot so I think that's a fantastic answer. But um, yeah, I mean, do you have anything else for him to say? No, just our also our our second biggest question really is um obviously Eddie, bro. You know a lot of people, man. You're a big time star. You're well known in the Dallas area, Dallas Fort Worth area, Plano area, mm-hmm. Arlington area. Like you're you're out there. Um, uh-huh. I know you know a lot of people from school. You got a lot of connections at different D1s. You know a lot of coaches. You got a lot of friends. You got a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dallas now, FC Dallas is connecting with the Stars, with the NBA team, the Mavericks, who I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them play against Golden State. Shout out, Luca, if you uh-huh. want to call on hit me up. But obviously, you got a lot of connections, and y'all, y'all are out here with the team. Y'all got new connections on the players and have played with past players. But now that you've been on Chump Chat, who do you want to see mm-hmm. next on Chump Chat? Oof. That's oh, that's another good question. There's a lot of there's honestly a lot of people I'd love to see on here. Um start naming them off, bro. We got you. Well, I don't let's see. Well, okay, I'll just start within here in the team. There's definitely multiple. Um, I'd love to see Brother Paul on here. Okay. I'd love to see love to see Coast on here. Um Okay. I'd that's love a good to one, see, actually, Coast. Yeah, Coast would be a good one because he's be yeah he's definitely had um like he had we both had a similar twenty twenty yeah, experience yeah. with this stuff so uh who else um trying to think I mean you could definitely have uh have you have you had Jesus on here No we oh, haven't yeah. man he's he's been ducking me Jesus Oh he has. You've been duck nine goals, and all of a sudden we don't know we don't it's know who crazy. Terry Tuspin is. Huh? That is crazy. That is, okay. I will say, that's crazy. Okay. I think that's definitely yeah. Something needs to be said about that for sure. Hey, to my um, FC Dallas players, I got a lot of y'all. When I come back, I'm gonna be dabbing up Matt Hedges, <laughs> Jesus Ferreira. I'm gonna be dabbing y'all, and we are gonna see what's up. That's all. Oh I'm yeah, say. we'll see. We'll see then. Yeah, but no, I mean, there's there's so many people. I mean it. It'd be hard for me to name everybody that I'm thinking off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I this this has been a pleasure. You know, I I've always like as soon as you said you were gonna do this, I was like, bro, this thing's gonna blow up, like honestly. So I'm 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 really thankful that I could take part in this for sure. Hey man, for all the fans listening, Eddie is the most like he's the most supportive guy on the team for real. Like he's always there in your corner. He's like he's honestly like the same as Reggie, and I know the people that are listening know Reggie. And see yeah. him like with the national team or with whatever it is. And Eddie's like the same, like big support guy. He's always there for you. Works hard in training, always there, busting him. So hey, big respect to Eddie. I'm honored to have you on the pod, man. Honestly, it's been uh, I think it's been a banger of an episode. 
I think the fans will enjoy Honestly, it for sure. So. The FC Dallas fans will enjoy it for sure. A lot of our audience is FC Dallas. So, no, it's been I'm, – I'm glad that you were able to make, make it happen so quick. Um, but, no, I think you, you gave us good answers and gave good insight for the, for the young people listening. That's so. For sure, bro. For sure. Like I said, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. I'm going to do an outro real quick. But before that, you know, you, we just saw you score. Banger of a goal. You've been, you score with North Texas. You, you, you have a little – you have a nice goal touch. We'll just say that. So, uh-huh. it's not rare for you to score. So you have a little thing now. We've told a couple of people now. We want to start seeing a chump chat celebration when you score. It's nothing too complicated. But uh-huh. after you score, I want to see a little salute to the camera. And that way we know that's the chump chat Sally, and that's dedicated to us right there. So now you got, got the thing out the way. Maybe you dedicated to your family, your girlfriend, whatever. But the uh-huh. next one's for the chump chat boys, and we want to see that. And we'll upload it to all the socials and everything. I got so you for sure. That's for sure. Right. Okay. Perfect. Hey, we appreciate Perfect. it. Hey, no problem. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. I'd love yeah, to make uh, a. I'd love to make a second appearance sometime if I can. You know, I don't know how oh, for gonna sure, be bro. Team, but, you know, for sure, I'd love to. Hey, for sure, for sure, man. for sure. For sure. <laughs> hey, his Instagram will be popped up throughout the whole time. Thanks to our editor Anthony. If y'all enjoyed it, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, as we always say, go find your own success. Deuces. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.